and there's no reason why I couldn't set my alarm to eat deep and delicious. Honestly, like, I don't know why I don't. Why not? One, <laughs> one isn't supposed to eat cake for breakfast. That's one so one alarm. doesn't. Oh, that's my deep and delicious alarm. <laughs> D&D. You know, now. Podcast is brought to you by McCain. Ding, ding. <laughs> it should be. Hi, Chapter 11. Hi, Chapter 8. We're back. After taking the summer off, we are ready and recharged to delve into the second half of Fearless. So that must mean... You're listening to the Fearless Minipod. A limited mini-series of super short episodes in which we talk about the chapters of the book Fearless, transforming fear into courage within relationships, career, society, and self. A lot has been going on in the world over the course of the summer, and it seems like everyone has been super busy, but now that fall is here, or almost here, it's a great time to get back into cozying up with podcasts again. Sounds good. So let's jump right in, shall we? Indubitably. In this podcast, we share with each other a specific part of each chapter that Kristen and I have highlighted for any reason and see if the other one of us has selected the same part. Chapter 9 is called Fearing Less, Finding Courage as We Age, and was written by Sharon Hughes-Geeky. Sharon is a writer, speaker, and entrepreneur. She's the owner of Jumpstart Communications and Business Development, and more recently, From the Bear's Chair. Sharon believes that fear is often self-doubt in disguise, and that self-doubt prevents us from seizing opportunities. You can connect with Sharon on Facebook at at Sharon.HughesGeeky, that's H-U-G-H-E-S-G-E-E-K-I-E, or on Twitter at at JumpStartAnd, and that's spelled J-U-M-P-S-T-A-R-T-A-N-D. Okay, Becky, in Sharon's chapter, Fearing Less, what quote chimed for you and why? Once I look back on them, I've decided to narrow down to this one, which is a new or unfamiliar situation can be uncomfortable and cause apprehension. Sharing it with someone makes those feelings more manageable and the experience more enjoyable. It's a point that I haven't heard anyone else make so far in the book. The idea of like mitigating your fears by sharing them with another person makes me think about going on a roller coaster like I probably would not go on a roller coaster without somebody there that I could Mm -hmm. scream at and be like how dare how dare you let me get on this thing you know (laughs) but it's like it's just I don't know it puts you more at ease obviously and it actually immediately made me think about writing fearless because Mm -hmm. what I chose to write about was something that made me very vulnerable because I'm letting people know something that you know I could potentially like frankly, be attacked for, like not physically, I'm sure. But, you know, in this world of the viral internet, you never know if anything you say or do is going to be misconstrued or whatever. So, you know, it was a leap of faith to even do this project in the way that I wanted to do it. And if I didn't have you to do it with, then I probably wouldn't have done it. And it definitely has been much more enjoyable to do it with you and also with the other authors who I met through this. And then finally, um, also, it made me think about parenting and motherhood and stuff. I'm the type of person who would not pursue 
single parenthood. And there's lots of people who do choose to be single parents. And Mm -hmm. for me, I'm really, really glad that I'm not a single parent and that my husband is such a uh, most of the time stellar, (laughs) stellar partner. (laughs) Yeah, you know, overall, this was a very entertaining chapter. And there Mm -hmm. was lots of different things she talked about. What's fun about, you know, what I said about Lorene's chapter, which is actually Sharon's sister, um, chapter six, you know, it was interesting to have her perspective because she was talking about aging. Sharon's talking about aging and life experiences in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they're not two 20-year-olds had real value for me because they're talking from experience that I haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. Because I'm almost 40, but not yet. <laughs> So it was kind of fun listening, reading to, listening to, you know, um, Sharon's perspective that she is talking about in her chapter. And I don't want to give away much more than that. It's entertaining and it's positive. And we kind of need that these days because there's a lot of, you know, forest fires and other things that have been going on that are, mm-hmm. that can get you down. So this chapter did not get me down. No, me neither. I enjoyed yeah. it. Did Did we pick the same quote? So I did highlight the quote that you <laughs> highlighted, but it isn't yeah. the one that I narrowed down to my one. Okay. Um, and my one probably won't surprise you at all, but this was mine. There was not enough of me to go around. Lonely, exhausted, overwhelmed, and struggling with depression, I discovered that hardship fosters resilience and desperation gives you the courage to ask for help. Ooh, yeah. So without going into a ton of backstory for our listeners, Becky probably knows better than anyone that (laughs) it's been a hard year and a half of COVID and parenting and working from home and all of the difficulties that all younger working parents are dealing with right now. And it's impacted me a lot. And I am very A-type organized go-getter, do-it-yourselfer type person. And I've absolutely had to learn how to reach out for help and not only Mm -hmm. reach out for help, also learn to step back and not give as much of myself to the people who are used to having more of me. And I don't just mean Mm. my kids and my husband. I mean, work and friends and other work obligations, side hustle stuff, like all of that, I've had to scale back 80% 80% just to yeah. sort of keep functioning and give the, the most of myself to the people who need me most, which mm-hmm. is my kids and husband first and then my job that pays my mortgage. Right. right. Um, so at this point in my life, that was the one chunk out of the chapter that resonated most with me, even though there were so many others. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, you know, it was interesting I've been hearing so much this past year and a half, you know, following the different Instagram accounts that I follow and stuff about the idea of reaching out, you know, the idea that if you reach out for help, you will get that help. And that is how you will get the break that you need. And that is how people will take things off your plate for you. One All right. of the crappy lessons I've learned is that sometimes when you reach out for help, people don't come through. Yeah. So that's really another sort of frustration and disappointment that I've been struggling with, but also just a reality that we don't talk about when we post these like feel good memes mm. on Instagram, which is reach out and people will give you the help mm. in, in my life that hasn't been the case. So 
Um, mm-hmm. That's sort of another thing that I'm grappling with this fall is the realization that I don't necessarily get that from the people who, you know, you think on paper would help you out. But then the flip side is you get it from other people you didn't think would give you the supports too. Yeah. So, I, I was actually thinking the other day about when it comes to work, if you're discussing something with, you know, one or two other people and you're sort of in a team situation, you have to be really careful that if you come to a conclusion that needs action, that you have to actually directly underline, kind of um, assign the action points yeah. to a specific person. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the time, like, People see their friends saying things on Facebook or whatever, you know, oh, I need some support right now. I, you know, can people post things about, there's all different levels of like, can I just have a pick me up everyone, you know, which Mm -hmm. is easy to do versus like, you know, oh, I'm really struggling here because part of, I think our upbringing was, you know, back to the whole, it's none of your beeswax (laughs) stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, okay, we're in a society now where it's not as, you know, not on to expose that you have mental health struggles or you, mm-hmm. you know, it's you get applauded for being brave, for being open about that kind of stuff. But people still don't know what they can do for each other. Yeah. And just because there's, you know, these memes that are posted on Instagram of like, just call your friend or just do like you, you yeah. can find a meme of lists of things that people can do, but you'll five Instagram posts over, you'll see something that contradicts that. Yeah. And so people get really stuck with like, am I helping? Yeah. You know, or am I just another friend who's reaching out, who's just burdening my friend with my attention? Yeah. You know, because what if they don't want to talk to me, you know? So like, I always worry about, um, you know, the era of thank you cards yeah. being go- going by the wayside. Yeah. And that's a good thing for me because I'm, I, in my mind, I want to write and send a thank you card, but I just don't. I just yeah. never get around to it. And I always worry that people think that I'm not generous and I'm not like reciprocal. That's yeah. Like or not thinking fear. of them or. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's sort of like, I don't even know if this would be appreciated. I don't. Like, on what level? Like, how am I just wasting a piece of paper? If Would they rather have gotten a text, you know? And I just sort of get stuck in a little, like, cyclone, and then something interrupts me, and then I realize it's been two weeks, and I didn't ever didn't do the thing that yeah. I intended to do. And, yeah. you know, I just, I feel like so many people out there are so good at that kind of thing, of that, like, personal touch type yeah. stuff. And it just, it's the same when, when people are saying that they, you know, if someone's like, I'm drowning mentally and emotionally, you know, my first thought is like, I'll support you, but I'm not the right person to pull you out of it because I'm trying to not be that friend who's just advice, 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 advice. Yeah. You know, I think I was, yeah, like, yeah, like if someone says, can you please do X for me specifically, I will try my best to do it. Yeah. And if I don't do it, I will remember it years later. Like I'm thinking about my friend Claire who asked me to do something when she moved back to Australia like five years ago that I didn't end up doing. And I still feel bad about it. And it's too late now. Totally. <laughs> totally. I have so many of those. I have a list of those in my head right yeah. now. It's too late things now. they said I was going to do. Mm. I have, I still have the um, story on the loss of your pet card that I bought my mom when her cat 
Um, yeah. didn't come home one day and then two weeks <sighs> later, you know, it's like, okay, well, he's not coming home. Um, I still have it and it was, it's been two years and yeah. I feel like I should just put it in the mail and be like, look, I, I got 50% of the way there and yeah. it's hanging over me. And I think she would appreciate it. Yeah. Like, I, I'm really bad at pulling the trigger. I have, I have in my laundry room, I literally have a pile of things that need to be sent to people or thank you yeah. gifts that I've done the first half of the work for right. and then I don't finish it. Yeah. So, I mean, and my only excuse is like, no one's ever come back around to me and been like, you know what? When I was going through blah, 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 <laughs> you didn't send me a and card. And you blankety blank blank. I know. And I'm like, I would need you to tell me specifically that I, you needed that type of attention from me. Then I would hop to it, I think. You yeah. Know. And I mean, the thing is, we can't be everything for everyone all the time. It would be a full-time mm. job to meet the needs of all the people yeah. that we love all the time. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. I've had some situations this summer where I have been like specific with action items that I needed from people to like help me with mm. um, mental health and just like supports where I was like, I am drowning. This is why I'm drowning. This is how you can help. And, and I still didn't get it. So, yeah. um, but again, you know, those people can't be everything for everyone all the time. And I, for all I know, there's 10 other people in their life that they are going above and beyond for, and I'm the 11th. And so right. it's not even that I'm angry about it. It's just, it's complicated and, mm. and reaching out for help is complicated. But I, I understood Sharon's point in that quote, the idea that for somebody who's usually has their crap together mm. and that people look to as being the one who has their life you know, under control and does everything ahead of time and has their kids' Halloween costumes done in September and blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's hard to admit that you can't do that. It's hard to stop yeah. and say, I'm not that person right now and I need right. somebody else to, like, give me a boost. So, I mean, that's that's a bit of the fear she was talking about in that chunk of the chapter, and that's definitely um, a part of fear, a type of fear that I'm going through right now is, somebody who is sort of in the same position she was in that chapter or in that part of her chapter. Yeah. And I think that there's actually another Instagram or Facebook meme or something that I probably forwarded, I think, or shared or whatever is like, I think it's an image of a bunch of of various different cartoon sloths doing things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, you know, you put pants on today or you, you know, like the the little victories type thing. And I think that back when the sort of wave of like, hey, let's be more open-minded about mental health and hey, let's, let's be more forgiving of ourselves for shortcomings and stuff. When that first started, I think, a lot more people would sort of be like, oh, you're just procrastinating and giving yourself an excuse. You know, or all these things are just excuses for not being like the best you can be or something. And I think that that's kind of, I mean, I'm just observing this. I don't, it's not a scientific observation, you know, and someone listening to this could be like, what are you talking about? I just had a conversation with someone who's being super hard on me about all those things, you know, but I do feel like it's more acceptable to, be to claim your small victories now and I do think that really mm-hmm. does make a difference it's like mm-hmm. I was literally just listening to a different podcast when I was cooking dinner where it was an actress and she was talking about how she's really into fitness now and one of the things that she does is ice baths in the morning Whoa. and and they they really she says that her brain tends 
toward depression. And so she finds yeah. that doing the ice bath, um, it's just like three minutes or whatever, but it like shocks her body, you know, yeah. and, and then because it's something she didn't really want to do right before doing it or during, I guess <laughs> she kind of, I don't, she didn't really say this, but I know, I, I'm sure that the conversation would have gone this way if I was there <laughs> of, you know, the thought process of like, Hey, I started my day with something I didn't want to do, even though it was small, I've already accomplished something. So right off the bat, this day isn't a total loss. You know, you know what? So mm-hmm. the other thing that Dylan and I do, because I am an overwhelmed type of person and then he is an ADHD type of person. So we mm-hmm. have all of these not finished tasks. So we have this running list in our office on our glass window. We use like a whiteboard marker. Yeah. And we write down all of the things that we like have been meaning to do or mm-hmm. almost done or like should have done. And it's long and we don't look at it and we don't stress <laughs> about it. It's just there. Yeah. And then every once in a while, like let's say every month, we go to the list and we pick out the things that are really hanging over us that we're like, gosh, I wish this were done. And it could be as simple as like the cat doesn't have any more medicine or like who knows what it is. It doesn't have to be a big thing. And we sit down and we're like, how can how can I, Kristen, help you, Dylan, with this mm. thing that's been hanging on over you? And sometimes mm. it's something that like it's a it's a little bump that he can't get over and that's why he's procrastinated it or he hasn't felt like doing it or he's like, I have to go to Home Depot and I don't like going to Home Depot because <laughs> I'm left at an annoying intersection and it's not in a part of town I ever go to, so I just haven't done it. And I'll right. be like, I will go. Yeah. Or for me, like I'm really bad at putting things in the mail. I will write people cards. I will make gifts. I will wrap them, but I will <laughs> never freaking put them in the mail because I don't, our addresses are in an Excel document in our old laptop that's always dead and buried somewhere. So Dylan will be like, okay, we have a pile of things that need to go in the mail. I know that you hate looking up the Excel sheet (laughs) and he'll do it for me. And that's all it takes. And it's often something that he doesn't really care about and doesn't find inconvenient. So we work together to just like check off 10 things off the list. And it often takes two hours to like cut the list in half. And it's so dumb what I need help for it's like I have this stupid hang-up where I hate opening our old laptop because I never know where the charger is and like oh, I'm the same way I'm it's the annoying same way. to me so I don't do it when you like you I'll drift over to thinking about something I should shoulda coulda woulda or wanna you know and then I'll think about what it is that's blocking me and it is something that it's the lowest yes. possible speed bump <laughs> That you could imagine. It's a terrible speed bump. It, it's it's embarrassing pebble. to tell. Yeah, it's a pebble. <laughs> and you're like, ah, I can't. You know, like, it's usually what it is, is that it's not that step that I have written down that's the problem. It's what happens after that step yeah. that's not written down. Yeah. It's like, then what? Yeah. And if I do this, then I have to face the cavernous then empty I have to space go to Home of... Depot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like to pull quotes from the endings of chapters because, you know, that's like the author's conclusion. I don't want to sort of steal their conclusion. I'll say one sentence to tie this into a bow here. Sharon says, living our best life at any age involves continually assessing risk versus reward, Mm -hmm. finding a healthy balance and pushing ourselves to do things that make us uncomfortable, which I think is exactly what you were describing. And so... 
she is definitely a wise woman for that. That does it for your teaser taste of Chapter 9 from Fearless, transforming fear into courage within relationships, career, society, and self. You can order Fearless online through the publisher, Golden Brick Road Publishing, which is www.goldenbrickroad.pub. Or, of course, use Indigo, Amazon, or order directly from any one of us co-authors. Thanks for listening. Come back next time to hear Becky and I choose the same quote from Chapter 10. Hello, Fear, It's Me Again by Lisa Posnikoff. While we wait for our Fearless Minipod episode 10 to be released in the coming weeks, follow our Instagram at KTRJ Minipod and join in the conversation. Let us know which chapters you have delved into over the summer. Yes, you can comment on any one of our posts and let us know which chapters you've read so far that speak to you and tell us why. We can't wait to hear from you. Bye-bye. Okay, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Charging towards bedtime, 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 and then yeah. the kid's asleep, and you're like, I'm going to do so much when he's in bed, and then it's like, <laughs> mouth breathe, Taiwanese yeah. soap opera, you know. Yeah. Here we go. We our classic rant, which means that you have to go edit it all out. It's <laughs> <laughs> like when you, when you dropped an F-bomb. I'm gonna I know. I, know. <laughs> I was like, this isn't going in. <laughs>